As you know, this is measure of an episode. <laughs> is it? As you know, this is measure of an episode. I believe it's the measure of an episode. I said that. Oh, okay. Did I, I not say hear. that? No, it sounded very slight. It sounded like you said measure of an episode. Where our continuing mission is to explore what makes a Star Trek episode a proper Star Trek episode and not just good or bad TV based on three criteria. And Jonathan, what are those criteria? The first criteria is, does it have something sci-fi or Star Trekian inherent to the plot? The second one is, is there a moral or ethical dilemma being discussed or debated? And the third one... We'll find out after this word from our sponsor. Yeah, we have no idea. That's why we're that's that's why we're on this mission. That's to right. discover. <laughs> our mission is to discover the third element. New criteria. <laughs> Seek criteria. out. <laughs> Last week, or like I guess, or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this, or just a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, we watched Enterprise season three, episode eight, Twilight, which we thought was going to be a clip show or the equivalent of a clip show, and it wasn't. It was a great episode. It was, yeah. I love this episode. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it, it checked all the, well, almost all the boxes. Yeah. Checked uh, 99 out of 100 boxes for me. Right. The problem is that one, kind of, at least for me, kind of makes it not a Star Trek episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what that is. It's still, for me, it's still like a Star Trek episode. Okay. Proper Star Trek. Yeah. So, so let me read the blurb. Refusing to leave a T'Pol behind, <laughs> Archer is struck by an anomaly, leaving his brain infected with parasites that prevent him from making new memories, which is kind of true. Well, yeah. And what's, what's nice about that is that has nothing to do with the cold open. So you know that the person who wrote that blurb did watch the episode and yet still called it still a T'Pol. <laughs> I didn't know it to Paul. I mean, I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and that was just a typo of some kind. But how many people, how many people had to read that before it, you know, got put into the episode? You know? I, I personally, I think given how Zero. many episodes of like TV, let alone Star Trek, there is on Netflix, they, there has maybe one person who reviews it. And by, if they're doing it in sequential order, by season three, episode eight of Star Trek Enterprise, they are now skimming these. And they're going, yeah, okay, that's a sentence that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a T'Pol. Yeah. It's not an T'Pol. <laughs> right. Grammatically, it's like they're probably just doing that, looking for the red squiggle lines underneath <laughs> or the blue ones. <laughs> no, Microsoft Word says it checks out. Send. So anyway, uh, uh that aside, well, so it was interesting because the, the episode, uh, once again, jumps right into the action. That was funny, though, because Archer is sleeping and he wakes up uh-huh. to intensely dramatic musical score. <laughs> and that's tough to do because nothing is happening. And he, it's not like he's bumped awake, right. I don't think. Well, there was, there was a slight shake and there was a minor explosion. Yeah, and the music's like... Boop, 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 and he's just like, what's going on? Like, did I miss something? Did he There's leave? Is, is... <laughs> That's the new sound yep. that comes on before the episode. Uh, like, did he leave something on playing in the background? That, like, I expected him to like grab a remote and turn it off and then go back to sleep. That's his alarm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I thought it was going to be this two weeks earlier thing that happens where, because we see Earth get destroyed. I'm assuming that was Earth? Yes, that was Earth. We see Earth get destroyed. Well, yeah. So so for me, 
like the the tension was awesome up until that point because Earth is still around in Next Generation and everything after this, like even the original series. So the moment we saw the Earth explode, I was like, all right, this is a dream, alternate reality, like something is going to reset that because we know that's not what happened. So like as as great as the opening was until it got to, until it got to that point, I thought it was great. The moment it showed Earth explode, it lost all tension for me. Yeah, I didn't do the well, next generation exists, first contact exists, so therefore uh it, this this that it didn't render it um inert to me okay the fact that i knew those things i actually was like it, but it made me wonder actually the whole episode i was sort of saying how are they going to get out of this uh-huh like what because the episode basically takes place as to paul recounts what happens right to archer he, she recounts sort of almost in voiceover what happens to you know how they got to that point yes and it, it kind of turns into a memento 51st Dates episode. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, that, oh my gosh, 51st Dates would have been so much better if it was framed this way, I think. Like, she wakes <laughs> up, like, it ends with her waking up on, or it starts with her waking up on the boat, and she, like, comes out and sees him, and she's like, who the hell are you, or whatever, and he's like, okay, this happens every morning, let's sit down and talk. <laughs> she throws herself off the boat, <laughs> so starts swimming away from the boat. Um, I do want to say really quick before we go any further, this episode was actually supposed to be a Voyager episode with um, Archer and T'Pol being Janeway and Chakotay. Well, interesting. I mean, I suppose it doesn't really change anything. Right. I mean, yeah, there's obviously details within the episode that would have changed somewhat, but nothing. Well, the character names, for one. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, and then, so after we see Earth get destroyed, mm-hmm. we see Archer wake up in his insurrection costume. And he's like an old guy and actually a very believable old archer. Usually in these Star Trek shows, it's not great makeup. You're just sort of like, ah, you know, when you try and turn a 25 year old into a 75 year old, it just doesn't work out. Right. Um, Unless you're talking about the inner light, but yeah. Well, I mean, he was already in his fifties, you know, (laughs) right. That was, that was easier. Like when, when they turn Ensign, I'm sure Ensign Kim, I seem to remember Ensign Kim being old at a certain point. And it's just like, oh, you, you're dressed up for Halloween as an old person. Yes. Uh, that's okay, just what yeah. it looks like. Mm-hmm. T'Pol. Let's talk about T'Pol real quick. So she has long hair in the future. Right. Right. And they, they couldn't make her look old because Vulcans age very, age much slower or they just live longer, however you want to put it. Right. So to show the, the passage of time, they grew her hair out. Right. Which I liked. Mm-hmm. But the problem was she was acting exactly like she acts in Enterprise, like contemporary enterprise sure she didn't soften up at all right right although i do like that but she gave him a vulcan haircut yes (laughs) (laughs) so that actually is is a comment um they they used the the vulcan ambassador that was in this episode they used his wig for this and they just trimmed it up a little bit and so the the fan theory is because she's vulcan that's the only haircut she knows. She knows how to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And well, and it might also be the only haircut she's attracted to. So you know, she's like, yeah, I, I like it when you wear your hair Vulcan style. <laughs> but he's, he can't argue. He's not going to remember. Well, she doesn't. Yeah. And, he, and all she has to say is like, you asked me that yesterday. Right. Like, you asked me to do that. <laughs> and there is a there there is an inherent flaw in this kind of plot device where you wake up and you you have developed no new memories for the last 25 years. So for the first three weeks of having this particular ailment or disease, that that's probably a sustainable practice to sort of update you on what you've missed. 
-hmm. But when you get to 25 years and you're trying to update every time somebody wakes up, Mm -hmm. it's, you can't possibly update somebody on the last 25 years of what's happening, of what's happened, right? Either you're going to skip stuff and just confuse the hell out of whoever has this ailment, or you're just going to not talk about it and see what happens. Like you'd have to experiment on what is the most sustainable way that we can continue this. Like they can't, cause they, they talk about it later in the episode where they brief Archer every single day and what's happening because they rely on his experience. That would be totally ineffective. Right. They would spend their entire day briefing him. Well, and she also mentions that later, you know, she, she says she, she doesn't always go into this much detail and she like, and be, she probably provided this much detail because Dr. Flox was coming. Um, and that's why we're here on this day rather than any other day because, you know, this was this was the important day and this is why she had to recap so much of it. Um, this is a real-life medical instance. There was a guy named Henry Malason, and he – in 1953, he had a surgical procedure that took away his short-term memory. Um, he could not commit new facts to long-term memory, and he died – in 2008, which 55 years of having to update him on information, um, including the death of his parents and, you know, I mean, waking up to a body that's 50 years older than how you went to sleep the night before. They must have had all kinds of contingency plans for how he woke up and how he reacted to his body that morning. So they knew how to handle, they knew, they knew how to approach him and what to say. I would love to know, is there any adaptation that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Do you get any better at that as a person if you do have that where you can't develop new memories? Is there something that gets left behind, some sort of, I don't know, like afterthought or, you know what I mean? Like, Because right. memory isn't just short-term and long-term. There's got to be some in-between. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's – right, and it's amazing though. I mean this, this clearly went on until his death in 2008. People had to explain to him. Um, what date it was and what had happened since 1953. So, like, be because of him, they they were able to do a long term study on memory and that sort of thing. But what's what's interesting about it is uh, kind kind of exactly that. Like, were were there ever any moments where he had remembered something from the day before, and was it lost again after a couple days, or you know, did he did he pick up little things here and there over the course of the 55 years? You know, or was it literally hitting the reset button? Or any skills that he could sort of get better at every day. Right. Maybe it was origami or something where he could practice. To him, it would be the first time he was practicing it. Um, but he had actually been practicing it for 15 years and just could be good at it. Like He would pick it up really quickly. Like right. I wonder if that was a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like muscle memory you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, or just, you know, because you kind of load stuff in, like you get better at stuff as you as you age, not because you remember how to do stuff, right? You're not remembering how to, you know, brush your teeth or whatever. I, you know, I can't think of an example. But right. As you do more stuff, your body gets better at doing new stuff, mm-hmm. I guess I should say. Except if you're someone old, over the age of 50 and trying to learn how to check your email. Apparently that's impossible. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, also, what a what a horrifying adventure to be that guy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where you wake up and you have abs- you are old, and it's sort of a mystery that never gets solved. Right. Part of me is like, oh, that would be interesting, but it will only be interesting once or twice, maybe three times. 
Well, but here's the thing. You would it would always be the first time. Yeah, right. Right. Anyway, so yeah. we're to Paul's recounting. Paul keeps recounting and we kind of go into a flashback, I guess. Well, I guess we should say. So the way that this happens to Archer is he's hit with some sort of anomaly that they actually don't really go too deep into as to what caused. That was one of my bigger problems with this episode is, well, we'll get to it at the end. Well, maybe, but what took me out of it was the fact that Vulcans are physically stronger than humans. Like that's just a, a biological fact in the Star Trek universe. So I felt like it should have been the other way around where Archer had got pinned and she came over and pulled the beam off of him. And, you know, somehow with him being pinned down, he contracted the, the parasites. That would have been better, but then it wouldn't have indebted her to him. But it could have been that he shoved her out of the way, you know, and that's like, had he, that's be- true. had she been there, you know, she like, she would have been crushed or something. And like him pushing her out of the way. I never understand like how the person takes their place in the same spot. Like, <laughs> Why can't you just both go that way? Well, that and also, like, when I push you, I have I have pushed back as well. So I'm not going to be in the exact same spot. I'm not, you know, right. I'm I'm not an unstoppable force and an immovable object at the same time. Like, it's not, that's not how it works. So if he pushed her out of the way, or maybe, you know, maybe he did. Like, he pushed her out of the way and, like, went forward as well. And that's how his leg got caught. And if she had been standing there, she would have been crushed, you know, type, type thing. But anyway. It also seems like the, that the anomaly was engulfing the entire ship. So I don't know how she escaped. Like, did that anomaly just go down one hallway and then stop at the end? Like, I, I didn't understand right. the mechanics of, of how this whole anomaly worked. Right. The impression that I got was kind of like a sweep as well. It wasn't just a, it hit him, but, you know, maybe it was, didn't he get a concussion? He got a concussion, but I thought that's just because he fell down. Well, right, but maybe, like, his concussion is what attracted the parasites or something. But I'm also, you know, trying to provide information where there was none given <laughs> we're rewriting the episode yeah. as long as we're at it what else does janeway do in this episode can we just <laughs> give her something we just have her show up so there's a moment there's a moment where okay so to paul says look we can't keep doing this i have i'm going to resign my commission and go take care of of archer right mm-hmm. and they they build in this sort of aggravation between the between skip and and to paul that that they're sort of tired of each other and once again we're confronted with this weird residue of some kind of relationship between these two characters that we don't seem to be landing on ever in any of the episodes that we watch i'm guessing that it happens in because we've only seen episode or season three of of enterprise (laughs) for some reason yeah Maybe this is going to be fleshed out in, in season two, but I guess maybe they're doing a great job of maintaining this sort of, oh, these people had a relationship, but they're no longer in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see that. But the other part of it, too, is she she's now in a different position, whereas before she her orders were almost, you know, kind of suggestions to the captain and he would consider them. Now she's giving direct orders and you know kind of like he said ever since she ever since they lost the captain it's been one bad move after another so to paul old long hair to paul is recounting when the aliens board braid the ship right mm-hmm. and they're kind of cool looking aliens they actually really reminded me of the aliens from galaxy quest yep i was going to say that yeah. yep yeah and so okay so i have something to say about the entire star trek canon okay. right it happens in every single show where there is an episode where bad guys board the ship and there is a shootout in a, in a Star Trek hallway, like there's a phaser shootout, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
why isn't there some sort of mechanism built in countermeasure to dis to disabilitate uh, to incapacitate bad guys if they are intruders on your ship? Because in the Star Trek world, the computer knows exactly where who you are and where you are on the ship if you have your communicator badge, right? And so, why aren't there phasers built into the hallways? where it will start, just start shooting people who aren't supposed to be there, right? Stunning them. You don't have to commit mass murder. Stun them. But why isn't this built in to, to Star Trek hallways? Is it because the script doesn't say... Like, it seems like it seems like this is a no-brainer. Yeah? No, it's a good point. I mean, yes, your your answer that you just gave at the end is, is why. Like, because it would ruin way too many episodes. Um, but, I, I mean, even going beyond that, like, just recognizing unknown life forms in the ship they immediately get shielded off, you know, like uh, in next generation, they had those hallway shields that, right. that could go yeah, up. That, but that, those always seem to happen manually. They, right. the, the computer doesn't seem to recognize that we should stop these people right. who are shooting crew members. Mm-hmm. It just, you kind of have to instantiate them by yourself. Right. So I don't know. That's just kind of, I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I just get bored with these, these hall room, hall room. A room with a hallway. A hallway. <laughs> uh, these hallway shootouts. I'm just like, ugh, do we have to watch this again? You know? It's well, just, and again, I mean, to be unless- fair, for like Enterprise in the original series, Enterprise for sure, they hadn't experienced anything like this yet. And they don't, they barely have the technology for shields and their phasers. I mean, maybe they could be built in, but they're, there's no way that they could have, they would have set up their ship by now to have the the scanners and, and phasers. The original series, maybe, but I also feel like it was a ship built for exploration it wasn't really a a warship so at some point they would figure it out but i feel like with with enterprise in the original series the enterprise for sure the enterprise the original series maybe but but by next generation absolutely like well next generation should have definitely had gas cloud containment vessels to capture (laughs) gas clouds so based historically we, we run into a lot of these things so we're going to need a way to stop them. Well, so there's two there's two ideas on Kirk's missions and why we follow them. They're either par for the course, and so, like, it's just, you know, this is what happens when you're out in space, or they're so outlandish that they get completely ignored by Federation, by uh, by the Federation, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, other missions go to a planet and, like, do a quick scan, and they go down and find life forms, and Kirk is sending back missions where he saw Abraham Lincoln in space, and they had to fight him and Genghis Khan, you know? And they're like, oh, okay, no, no, that, like, <laughs> if you if you keep telling these stories, you will be decommissioned. <laughs> I want, I, maybe I should do it. I want to write a what what Kirk's report would have been to the Federation <laughs> on that episode. <laughs> anyway, so okay, so in that same kind of scene where where T'Pol is talking about these aliens, the what are they called? The 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 Zindi. Zindi. Yep. Okay. I was going to say that you just I started before you, but you ended before I. Ended. Uh, yeah. Yep. I rushed through it. You're right. So at the end of that scene. She reveals to Archer that there are only 6,000 humans left. And then what uh, Archer proceeds to give the, the hammiest performance. <laughs> like, uh, it, was, it was equal parts Ace Ventura and Randy from South Park in terms of how they handle bad news. He just starts stumbling out. And he kind uh-huh. of, you know, like, he's, like I, I wanted him to, like, drop down to his knees and, and lift his arms to the sky and scream no. <laughs> like, <laughs> Zindy! Yeah, I guess 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of how I would react if I just learned that that there were only six thousand humans left on the planet. You 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 literally cannot process it. Like he he should have walked out and like just kind of stumbled around. Like not it shouldn't have been as like anguished as he was. Like first off, he's not entirely yeah. sure it's all true, and second off, like you literally like imagine mm-hmm. imagine learning that whatever like more than 99 percent of the population is gone first off you, you don't know that many people so you know like it it's a statistic <laughs> yeah. well i would have been so much better if it was understated right he receives the news he's totally stoic and unmoved right he goes outside and the, the last thing we see before we cut to black is him kind of falling against a wall and lowering his head and taking a breath Right. Cut to black. Oh right? my gosh. Yeah. That is way, that would be so much better and so much more emotive than no. Right. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Full Wrenching his sleeve. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah Poor, pretty melodramatic. Yeah. Poor Papa Archer. <laughs> Papa Archer. Volky. Volky Archer. <laughs> uh, but by the way, what if the show had continued from this point? They magically gave Archer the ability to create new memories, and the show just started from here. Oh, I know. Old. I know. Yeah. Like, it would have been, well, it would have been a boring show, 6, but it would have been people, fascinating. Well, well yeah, 6,000 people. You have to sort of, and maybe at the end of the season, like, that's at the, that's, the, that's it. So, this should have been a season-long arc. Sure. They start, this is episode two of the season, right? where Archer learns. And then the entire season is them learning a, how to get his memory back B how to get these things out of his hippocampus, whatever. Obviously what will happen at the end of the season is they restore time to the way it was. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That would have been so cool. Instead we got this, which we'll get to the ending was stupid. That's, that's what I'm building up to. The ending (laughs) was dumb. It was terrible. It was terrible, but wait, we're not there yet. Let me just, I have to build up more anger. So, okay. <laughs> um, well, so Flux shows up soon after that. Yeah, Flux, my favorite. He, actually, he wasn't in the in the in the show as much as I was hoping. Uh, much to my chagrin, and you're not chagrin. By the way, doesn't that, doesn't it seem like chagrin should be like happy because it has the word grin in it? <laughs> like much to my chagrin, I was <laughs> completely satisfied. I, I agree that it should be a positive word because it does sound happy. But I, yeah, I feel it like happy. the the way it's used in sentences, I feel like doesn't like much to my surprise. You know, is really the only other word phrase that we have that used that way i guess that's true so then what happens is archer goes back to enterprise which is i guess has been patrolling the area but (laughs) i wanted to say like so the commercial break ends with her saying we're going back to the enterprise and then it cuts to somebody listening to our podcast (laughs) (laughs) that would have been awesome it's just somebody sitting in the chair listening (laughs) to our podcast similar to how in whatever next gen episode we were watching where it's just Picard in the holodeck reading the paper. Yes. Oh, yeah. you, Manhunt. Manhunt, right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry that I forgot that wonderful episode. They go they go to the Enterprise and this was a very weird scene because it's acknowledged within the episode that Archer says, you know, to me I'm just I just saw these people an hour ago. Uh-huh. Yet when he comes on the Enterprise, he's hugging them as though he's not seen them in 25 years, right? It's like this nostalgic happy time for him where he's like hey how's it going and they're hugging and it's like you just you, you just saw them like they're not hugging you you're hugging them it was weird because he later says i just saw these people an hour ago that's why it's weird for me 
And then he sees, so he sees Skip, who is, I feel like the best old guy now, like in terms of makeup. But I was like, yeah, that looks like that, what that guy's going to look like in 25 years, right? Definitely better than Malcolm, but yeah. Malcolm looks like he's wearing a James Franco goatee Halloween costume. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, it was not good. And I also like the idea that that he comes aboard like this once a day and they have to pretend like they haven't seen him for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> Going a little bit off that, I, I just I liked how Hoshi, um, the only thing that they did differently was give her a different haircut. But yeah. she looked older with that haircut. She seemed older. Yeah. yeah. OK, so Skip, there's this moment where they're like, hey, the treatment works. We have to keep doing it. And Skip's like, no, we can't do it because we need the, the energy for the shields. And are the weapons, and so we can't do it. The answer is no. And I kind of agreed with Skip at this point. Oh yeah, for sure. There's no the, the the conceit is that okay. The scans that I took over the last 25 years of Archer's head, when I removed these parasites, they're gone from the past, right? Right. And so that leads them to believe that it will somehow reset. The universe, because Ar- somehow Archer is the key to the universe, right? Right. right. That if he if he lives or is not incapacitated in some way, mm-hmm. then not this crap that happens to us will not happen. Right. And they they pitch that to Chip, and he's like, "No, I don't buy it. <laughs> like we're we're going to keep the weapons online, right? Because it's totally not substantive. Why would they, why did would they make that jump? So I mean, I I get it because. If you if you eliminate all of the parasites, then past flocks will never have found the parasites, and Archer will not have had his memory lost for the last twelve years, which would completely erase this timeline. That's not what they said, though. That's not they didn't <laughs> say. Well, no, that's not what they said. I know, you I are. Like the, you I are. I like the pause for reflection. You're like, oh, that's not what they said. well you made sense but i realized that you were retconning and not actually recounting what happens in the episode so they say that hey we should do this because it will not incapacitate archer he will be capacitated he will be capacitated and so therefore (laughs) recapacitated we might have it we he'll be recapacitated and so therefore uh maybe this timeline won't happen that's what they said he he said it will be like this never happened who said that Dr. Flox. I don't remember that. Okay. But like, but Trip is obviously living in the here and now. And he's like, we can't, we can't put all our, all our hopes on a what if. I guess, but should, okay. In that sense then, because he eliminated a quarter of the, whatever, of parasites, wouldn't that also have some sort of residual effect on the timeline? At that point, like, I, I don't know, because like he may have taken them out of a part of his brain that really wasn't too crucial. Right. Just to, uh, yeah, just I mean, to see whether or not it yeah. was working. Right. Um, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I felt like that's what I didn't like about this episode was, was how they resolved it is that they couldn't come up with a better way to reset the timeline, right? Connect, connect the parasites to something bigger and not just, oh, these parasites are in your brain. And if we do that, it'll reset everything. Like, I don't know. Just, it felt very, we're at the end of the episode. I remember thinking and looking at the timer at the bottom. It's like, wow, we have three minutes left and they're still not done. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. what's going to, what are they, how are they going to wrap this up so quickly? Um, well, and they see, decided so not to for me. Right. It was kind of like, um, almost like all good things insofar as, you know, there's this thing that's happening concurrently in time 
the the only difference being that it started in the TNG timeline rather than like the the season seven TNG timeline rather than the season one. And I don't rem- I, I guess I don't remember how that all worked because didn't it originate in the future? But then why did everything reset back to the season seven rather than the season one? But anyway, the the point being like when when you eliminate something that has messed with time, the idea being you would go back to the point where that thing that was messing with time started. It was very cool the way they killed everybody in the bridge, though, because I don't think we've ever seen that before where they just ripped the top off the bridge. Where they just peeled off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Right. So I guess he blows everybody up. By the way, I don't know, the whole up from the shootout in the warp core engine all the way to the end of this, I was sort of disappointed. So, right. And it's kind of it's kind of the problem that a lot of shows have and deal with is the protagonist is the one in trouble. And when the protagonist is the one in trouble, it completely ruins any suspension that veteran TV watchers would have because you right. know the protagonist is going to be okay. Like if there was a character that was introduced in the beginning um and like the you know the it was that side character's issue um which obviously you know couldn't have happened because why would we follow that side character but um some some character that could be eliminated completely mm-hmm. raises the tension because you don't know if they're going to make it out okay. And I mean, it was kind of cool because Archer did actually die at the end of the episode, but he, he had done everything he needed to. So, right. yeah, yeah. And it was, it was sort of, well, why not? Right. You know, like it, it felt like it, it almost felt like, Hey, I trust you. There was not that scene that I actually at a certain point was expecting where it was somebody had to trust Archer, even though he was very untrustworthy at that point, cause he mm-hmm. had a disease right? Uh, to say, this is more important. This will fix everything. Uh-huh. And they decide not to. And, and he's ultimately left with the choice without a choice. You know, right. they're going to be boarded and they're going to die anyway. So might as well do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or like at the end, they he actually didn't complete the process, but it did create an like it would create an explosion to do this. And the Zindi decided that the Enterprise was archaic technology, so they didn't need it. So they decided to detonate it by setting off that explosion. So, like, he did not succeed in his mission, but the Zindi actually finished the job for him by accident, which would eliminate right. the, the timeline. You know, some, right. something along those lines where it just, it they, they kind of did that by killing Archer, but again, being a, an episodic TV show where characters always survive, you knew that it would reset at the end. Yeah, it would have been cool, like, in my mind, like, how could they have made this so it was interesting? So you kill Archer and you, you let, make the Enterprise be fine. Right. Enterprise right. is fine. Archer's dead. The Zindi are boarding the ship. And you're like, oh, wow, this is interesting. They're going right. to leave it like this. And then you see a sort of a montage of what happens to the ship. Right. You show them stripping the ship down for stuff they can use, uh, throwing bodies into the corner and then towing the Enterprise into a sun or something like that. Right. And the sun, you know what I mean? And like you show a little readout of like the subspace implosion or whatever they said they needed and then it happens and then it eliminates like right like that would have been more interesting in terms of just him succeeding and blowing up the ship right but but then comes my least favorite scene i want to know why you didn't like it well first of all let's talk about the pillow drawer okay there is a drawer apparently in sick bay entirely dedicated to a singular pillow <laughs> okay 
Okay. It just goes downhill from here. See, I, t- I kind of took that as like a, a pillow Pez machine dispenser. Like every time. Oh, so a new one is re- it's resupplied every time you close the, yeah. the thing. I yeah. see. So there's a there's an unlimited number of pillows. <laughs> I mean, there drawer. is finite, but it's in the thousands. You're never going to finish it. <laughs> it's the best Pez dispenser ever. Do they reload it somewhere in the back? You know, <laughs> I guess they'd have to. I don't know. Like, you didn't tell me if it's reloaded manually by a person or if the computer is like regenerating it. Well, it's it, important to know. Right. It's it's a little bit of both because you you obviously the computer doesn't take the the pillows. So you do have to put those pillows in the return drawer <laughs> <laughs> where it's then sterilized and refitted and then put back into the Pez dispenser. Oh, you don't think they just incinerate it and make a new one out of out of like, I guess they don't they don't have replicators. Yeah, that's do they have replicators. That's all over the place. Um, they they didn't have them in the original series. They did have them in Discovery. They have something kind of like it on Enterprise. Okay. So yeah. So this is another thing. I it dissolves from the exploding Enterprise into Archer asleep. Right? Yes. Yes. Why not? Why not? Instead of showing the Enterprise exploding from space why not show the enterprise exploding around archer right Mm, mm. and so the second that the explosion is sort of engulfing him and the second the explosion gets to him there's a hard cut to him like opening his eyes right in sick bay right Mm -hmm. that would be way better than than just the eye movie dissolve from one shot to another i don't know it just seemed very clunky to me right um i thought it was well directed um robert duncan mcneil Robbie McNeil. Oh, was he the one who directed it? I think he directed it. Yeah. And good old Paris. So yeah, maybe that, maybe he thought, maybe he showed up because he thought it was a Voyager episode. (laughs) He had the old script (laughs) and they said, well, we don't need you anymore for that role, but maybe you could direct it. Uh, That's what happened. It would amaze. It like just, if he gave himself uh, a cameo (laughs) as a baby, (laughs) very small baby. (laughs) Yeah, with, but with the uniform on, in right. front, like while driving something, like driving a ship, because he's a grid pilot. Yeah. So then they have this back and forth of like, "Hey, Paul, you'd be a great, you know, you'd be a great nurse one of these days." She's like, "What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. Which is, by the way, more dialogue than is said in the scene. And I, I felt this is how you're going to end this. This is how you like. Why not have there be some sort of residual memory of something, right? Right have there be something that connected them because they've spent what the last 25 years with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that Archer was wearing a diaper and that she had to clean that up too. Right. Like he, no, cause he lost his memory. He didn't lose motor function. And it's been over the last 12 years, not 25. Well, I, we don't know that. We do. A, yeah. Well, I don't mean motor function, but he definitely lost, like he was definitely incontinent. It's very clear. It's very clear in this episode. I don't know how you... Anyway, point being, they've shared a lot, right? Right. And, like, it would have been a nice moment if if they had some sort of thing where in the scene where Archer wakes up in the future and T'Pol has long hair and she does something for him like, oh, would you like your tea with sugar and cream? And he's like, yes, how did you know that's how I liked it? And and so when he wakes up in sickbay at the end of the show, she says, here's your here's your tea, Captain. I know that you like it. And then he's and then he says, how did you know that I like that? And he, she's like, gosh, I don't know. I've never made tea for you in my life. It's like, just have that moment. Right. Why do you need to have the misogynist moment? Well, yeah. And the, like for so n- neither of them have any memories of what happened, which I thought was interesting because I thought for sure 
Archer would keep his memory of the initial attack or or like the next day or or something, I guess. I, no, because if his memory is only up to the attack, then he wouldn't have. Oh, no, because he he was just told everything. So I thought that he would have that day's memories because he, the parasites had been removed. And so he would remember that one day in history or that one day in the future where he was relayed all these events. And so he would know what to expect in like at the very least the upcoming weeks because he was he, he had just been debriefed on it. Um, but apparently the the idea was because it was in an alternate future, there was no need for him to remember it. So he doesn't remember any of it. Which is, I mean, I guess logically makes sense, but not as interesting as if there were there could be some sort of, like I said, residual something. Right. right. Yeah. It's it's definitely logical when we're dealing with chrono parasites and an alternate <laughs> future. Like, you definitely don't want to write yourself into a corner. Oh, and it's so easy not to, you know, when you're dealing with chrono parasites. Right. Right. I mean, just unlimited options. But okay, so how insulting is Archer at that moment. Like, she has no recollection of anything. Like, he maybe has, like, a vague passing feeling of, like, kind of a dream thing where she was taking care of him and, like, he had that gratitude for her or something. But he's telling his first officer, who's a lady, you'd make a really good nurse. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the actual nurse in the background is like, dick. (laughs) Runs off sobbing. I just changed your diaper. At least, and that, yeah, that happens when you get a concussion, right? You immediately need a diaper. Yeah, that's usually well. Yes, <laughs> immediately. It's just <laughs> always uh, and the episode ends. Gets immediately. Yeah, with with that with that side comment. I just changed your diaper. Been a long road. Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> oh God! Every time I'm surprised. By the way. When that starts and I'm watching it on Netflix and the guy starts singing, I'm like, oh, right. I forgot about this terrible <laughs> section of that show. I'm, I am so sad. Like, I don't understand why they have not had an opening monologue to any of these shows since TNG. I personally really enjoy those opening mon- the, the opening monologue. Like, I think it just is, is a great way of, of setting the scene for, for the show. And I, I wished when, when we, Heard Enterprise was coming. I was hoping after DS9 and Voyager that they would go back to having a monologue because it was the Enterprise again. And they did. It was just in song. (laughs) Maybe if they just had Archer narrate the lyrics, maybe that would have been better. No, no, no. Over the song. No, no, no. No, Like, I mean, I was thinking like maybe, but, you know, like he's like, it's been a long road getting from there to here. (laughs) <laughs> you're right nope nope <laughs> but i can see why they didn't do it or why they stopped doing it it did it did sort of date the show in a way when next gen did it it was a reference right it was an update right but i guess i can see i can understand why they didn't want to just keep doing that because what are they going to say that's different right i mean I, I mean for voyager it would work great it was kind of her her empowering speech at the end of the series premiere. Like, that's what I thought they were going to use right. and just kind of edit that a little bit and have her, you know, actually re-record it. But it it explains what's happening in Voyager and it lets everybody, it brings everybody up to speed instantly who's coming into Voyager on the very first time. Space, where our continuing mission is to kill individual crew members <laughs> one episode at a time. 
<laughs> well, that's that's not what she said in the opening episode, but you know, that's the gist of it. <laughs> oh, really? I could rewatch it. <laughs> Refresher. So, no. all right, so that's the episode, and uh, the thing is, there there were two two elements of ethical and moral dilemmas in the episode, but they weren't they weren't discussed or even d- debated. It was just you know the the moment with with Trip with them saying like we have the ability to to turn back time and trip was like i can't base my decision on that like if they had drawn that out a little bit more where you know obviously they they they, they said they needed x amount of time to do so and he said i'm sorry you we don't have that time you know and they said we would if we would if we could t- draw the power from the weapons you know and it was actually a discussion and not a no we can't do it never mind <laughs> he runs out of the room right um but because and like high fives himself <laughs> yeah one more archer down yeah. um, self five <laughs> um but because because it wasn't presented in that way i can't really say that that was like a quality moral ethical dilemma um and i know that the argument is like it it, it doesn't matter how much i like it it just matters whether or not there was one and that's kind of like what we were saying that we can just objectively decide but i feel like just because the question was posed doesn't necessarily mean that it was part of the episode so i had a different uh, i guess interpretation of our criteria okay. i felt that to paul's decision to mm. handle archer like to not to handle to take care of archer right how she handled the archer problem okay okay was sort of a moral choice it wasn't really a dilemma right i suppose it was a dilemma for her because she had she had a commission of captain and then she gave that up and she Um, gave up returning back to vulcan to do so yeah so it was definitely yeah almost a life debt which i thought was far more than what he did for her indeed and i i don't think that was really explored I don't know how much bearing that has on this being a proper Star Trek episode, but it was an expression of morality that yeah. you, I don't know if you would expect from T'Pol or nope. I guess a Vulcan. It seems like a very emotional uh, reaction to something like that. No, that's fair. It was, and yeah. so I, it just wasn't explored maybe enough. I mean, I guess that would be an argument against m- my argument. But it was, it was explored far more by having the, the Vulcan ambassador come, you know, and say like you you don't need to be captain like we're giving you this and she she said no my my time is here and then trip later says you know you you don't have to do this you know and or and she's like yes i do like it it wasn't explored as well as it would have been in tng but i would definitely say that that was explored so i mean this this was a great episode in general and so for for me to have that ability to give it the ethical and moral dilemma like i'm uh, I, I like that that you brought that up because otherwise I would have missed it. So I'm happy to change my vote from no to yes. Yeah, I yeah I was I was yes all the way. I thought it was a great episode. I was I was disappointed again. I'm disappointed by its potential. No, I'm. What did I say before about another episode where its potential made it good? Almost. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, yeah. It's both. It's both. Yeah. You've, we've had both so far, and it seems like Enterprise's running theme is its potential made it bad. <laughs> <laughs> this had great potential like i said it would have it could have spawned an entire season right of of stuff so maybe that's what it was maybe voyager had potential which made it bad i think that's what it was it did but it Enter- was. enterprise it was like fractured yeah enterprise has Shattered. these good episodes that provide so many things that could be great but the episode by itself is still good and 
for Voyager, like the episode is di- disappointing because of the questions it presents that aren't explored. I agree. Well, nice. I, I, I would say this episode, this podcast episode, um, was definitely one worth listening through the whole thing. The fact that we started with a no <laughs> at the beginning and you were like, yeah, I, I could say no too. And then you just, you provided that point that I hadn't considered, which switches it to a yes. So yeah, Enterprise has, uh, I mean, we still got to get our chart up so we can see how many we are for, for solid episodes of Star Trek with, with Enterprise. All right, let's figure out what we're watching next. Yeah, yeah. Obsession. Season two, episode 13 of the original series. Captain Kirk obsessively hunts for yet another mysterious cloud creature he encountered in his youth. <laughs> we're somehow getting either all of the episodes have clouds in them or we keep landing on the cloud episodes. Right. Yeah, I'm very curious how many how many have a mysterious cloud. Obviously, for special effects, it's one of the easier ones to get to do. So I get it. Um, <laughs> Still. Right. It's a lot. <laughs> yes. And just so everyone knows, the, the blurb does not say yet another. It's just of the six we've watched, I think four have had a mysterious cloud. So ah, we were so close. We're two episodes away from the trouble with Tribbles. 